Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, before we dive into this show, I have an apology to make. Sorry guys, but I have a cold. I blame my wife. She'll totally deny this, but it's entirely her fault that I have this cold. So I apologize for any rough voicing and any coughs and splutters. I will do my best not to. So thanks for bearing with me, guys. And this episode is really, really interesting. It's something that I've actually gone through myself and actually I was really lucky with. And it's something that has never cropped up on the show before, but it's something that especially in this world of startups and you know collaboration, is becoming more and more vital. So this week, we're going to challenge the issue of finding business partners and collaborators that you can trust and rely on. And this episode, I have a guest who has achieved wild success on the back of conquering that challenge. So with me, this episode is Bettina Pickering. Welcome. Thank you, Mark. I'm glad to be on the show. It's a real pleasure to have you. And wow, it's such an important, important topic that frankly just hasn't come up before. And we've, we've all been through this process of finding people that we need to be able to trust and rely on, even from the real grassroots level of, look, I just need a supplier or I need someone that I can just work with on a you know a very ad hoc basis, right up to finding a business partner and a collaborator that you work with every single day. And Bettina, that's something that you've done so, so well. And before we dive into that, Just tell the listeners out there, what is it exactly that you do? How do you help people in your day-to-day business? Well, um, one of my key things that I do, I help people to understand themselves. Um, That that would be the first step. And then I help them to break through any debilitating habits that they might have um, so they can achieve the success that they're looking for. And in fact, the, the habits, I would say, are anything um, you know, starting from things that you believe about yourself, there are things about, you know, how things should be run in an organization, what works, what doesn't, you know, all the things that we just go to first automatically without even noticing. And those things that are actually stopping us from having the success that we want to have. Um, and that, of course, fits into um, the topic of today quite well, because we tend to always go for the same people when we look for suppliers, when we look for business partners, and we have a picture in our heads and think, oh, the the person or the company has to be like that. But unfortunately, a lot of the time, that doesn't suit our needs and doesn't suit who we are and what's important to us. So I help people to overcome that and to understand, you know, what's happening right now and what it is that they they, they truly need. That's really powerful, that, because just to kind of make a relation for anyone out there to take this one step further, we're just currently going through some recruitment and you're absolutely right. You know, I've never thought about it like this. We actually have almost the picture of the person that we want in our minds. And even though we've gone through this in the past and found someone that's come from entirely the opposite direction and fits in so well, every time we go through recruitment, we do have a picture of the person in our minds. And it's very, very rare actually that we fulfill a position with the kind of person we set out to find. It's, mm. it's, it's bizarre, actually, isn't it? Why do we do this? <laughs> 
Well, it is those habits, isn't it? It's those ingrained beliefs and preferences or whatever that we've had, you know, all our lives. And they can be quite hard to shift or appear to be hard to shift. But once you're aware of them and once you're aware what you truly need, it's very easy to shift that picture and directly look for the person or persons that you truly need. And it saves huge amount of time in recruitment, in, in the sort of search, search searching process and also the interview process because, you know, you actually put out there what it is that you're looking for and then, you know, the right person will apply. Absolutely. And it's, it's so... It's so difficult to break some of those habits. And what I'd like to do is just kind of turn that on its head a little bit, because when you've got the habits that you so, that are so ingrained within yourself, a lot of the time, the only way to really break or begin to break some of those habits is to see what other people are doing in that space and mm. figure out where they're succeeding. And I want to just frame the topic today, the idea of finding business partners and collaborators that you can trust and rely on. I want to frame that with your own successes, because You've got a couple of things going on, two very, very well-established enterprises. And one of them in particular, you did found your business partner, sorry, excuse me, find your business partner using this kind of approach, didn't you? So just tell the listeners about Evolve Beyond Redundancy and let's talk about that and how you founded that. Yes, um, that was a really interesting story. And in fact, I went through my own process without... um, you know, in some ways, initially realizing it. So the way that happened was um, my business partner, Jerry, um, he um, looked for somebody to collaborate with and he found me on Facebook. So that was the first time I actually ever met anybody on Facebook. I then, you know, even wanted remotely to collaborate with. It wouldn't have been the place for me to search at all. However, knowing this process and knowing, you know, my own habits quite well, I thought, hold on a second, step back. This person has now contacted me. Um, Why don't I give this a go? So I deliberately took that really huge step back. I'm going to tell you it was a really big step um, and and started talking to to Jerry um, initially. And we had um, a really, really good phone conversation. That was our first phone conversation. And we discovered a number of things. Um, we had similar values. So things that were important to us were, were very much the same. I mean, both of us are coaches. So that was the first thing we actually went to to talk about what's important to us. Um, and that worked incredibly well because we've built our business and we built our relationship basically exactly on what's important to us. Would I have um, sought out Jerry as a business partner or he me if um, either of us had looked for skills, competencies, um, previous experience and all the good stuff you put into a, a job profile, probably not. We are very different people. Um, you know, we live, we live in different cities. We're not even in the same place um, all the time. Uh, we have, you know, we come from different countries, different backgrounds. Um, our work history is very different. Um, the way we like to work, in, in fact, is very different. Um, and, you know, even the focus of our work is very different, although it turns out it's incredibly complementary. So by, by basing, by both of us, in fact, uh, taking a few steps back and thinking, okay, let's just explore this on the basis of what's important to us, what's, you know, what we truly, truly believe in, our beliefs as well, then, you know, let's give this a go and see what happens. And it was a major success. You know, we went through a number of 
hiccups, I would say, as everyone does in a startup. Um, so one of the things was our um, technical guy, so who did our website, disappeared for months on end. Um, often that can be a make or break um, of a new business when, you know, sort of disaster strikes. And actually, because we were so values-based, um, the two of us, um, and we had built a relationship based on that, it was actually we grew stronger as, as a team. Um, and that was, that was, I think, um, a huge, huge learning to know that, in fact, building this, thing, this, this kind of relationship on values rather than, you know, the usual skills, competencies and all that good stuff, um, that also lasts through hiccups and disasters and whatever else might happen. I think that's really interesting. And the idea there that you've got so distinctly different approaches to things, I think it's something that we can all learn from because at, the, at times we all want people just like ourselves, which is it's very, very often, in fact, probably more often than not, the entirely wrong way to look at things because we just want to replace ourselves with someone that can do things exactly as we want them done. And that <laughs> invariably results in subpar output because you're just never achieving your full potential. So... Let's just take that a little bit further then. Does this kind of thing apply to any kind of business relationship then? Can you apply these principles to anything in business? I would say absolutely yes. Um, and um, I, I, for example, I did a, a project with a company a few years ago, and it's also the case studies on my website if anyone is interested in, in reading a bit more about it. Um, they, they were also looking to recruit people and uh, new people into the business. They were growing at a, an, a very, very quick rate. Um, so, you know, and you can't really in, in a startup um, or in a, you know, relatively small business make recruitment mistakes as they're called. So bringing people in and then asking them to go after a week or two, that just doesn't help the business at all. And it's really detrimental to the people that are already there. Um, and they had, again, as, as an organization, I mean, as, as most um, small businesses are, incredibly strong values. So there were a few things that were absolutely vital to them because they were very innovative um, business. Um, and they had some, you know, very, very, um, I would say, big and demanding clients, as, as, you know, a lot of us have. Their key thing was excellence. So they, they absolutely required excellence and they also required people to take responsibility and ownership of their actions, which, which was a really big deal, you know, in, in, and, and in small business, that's quite important. Um, one thing that none of the um, role profiles included was, in fact, this need for excellence or the need for taking responsibility. And some of those uh, more um, lower level characteristics that I would say are really key with that, for example, somebody being proactive rather than reactive. So I went with them through all the various qualities that they would need in their ideal employee. And, you know, in some instances, those employees were very different to the ones they'd looked for before, depending on, on the type of role. And I have to say, the interviews, A, were whittled down to just a few because we also gave that to the recruitment company, the headhunting company. So that also meant the people who turned up for the interviews were already pre-selected. And the good thing was people who were reading the profiles online, they were saying, oh, this is either it's not for me because I don't fit that. You know, staying with the proactive versus reactive example, you know, if somebody isn't 
proactive and they read, oh, now someone needs to be proactive. They need to go out and get, you know, get clients, do this, that, and the other. They'll say, well, I'm more reactive. I prefer to wait for somebody to call me up before I do anything. Then they will not apply. So, you know, it, it saved time, cost, energy, and also made sure the people who then were brought on into the team, they immediately fitted in. And the other thing is, of course, for, the, for those candidates who were successful, they immediately had a success experience in the organization because they immediately realized, yes, this is the place I am, you know, I'm fitting in, you know, I'm fitting in, I can succeed I can make this work because, I mean, nothing is as, as horrible for somebody to join an organization and realize I can't cope. I think we've all been overwhelmed by that first six months where, when you think <laughs> about, you know, back to the, some of the positions that I guess we've both held. Wow. Mm. The first six months, you actually, a lot of the time, you don't enjoy the job until you actually realize you're not bad at it. Confidence comes through competence. Mm. And if, if you are not used to people's systems, if you're not used to the way that their processes work or their, even their software works or their clients, that first few months can be very, very daunting. And I, I love what you're saying there about, well, look, if the core values are the same, there's actually massive pressure alleviated instantly because you know that you can turn to the people around you and say, look, guys, what about this? What about this? What about this? And they've got the same values. And I, I think that's really interesting from a business owner's perspective because I'm not sure too many of us think about things like that when we're writing a job spec. I've just done it myself and I can tell you that I didn't think too much about that. I did to a degree, but it was more around client facing things. You know, what do I want them to deliver mm. in terms of the client and the quality that goes out of the door as opposed to what do they want? What kind of people do they want to work with that? That's a really interesting spin on things. And one thing I just want to move into there then is we're in a world of, of, startups aren't we we're in a world of internet collaboration and you know i've got uh, a venture with someone in san diego and i'm sat here in northern england which is really random and you've got jerry met on facebook and only actually met three times in the last two years which is fantastic so mm. let's just consider then if we are in this world of startups in this world of kind of rapid business ideas and prototyping are there any places other than Facebook, that you can actually start to look for these kinds of people? Are there any actual places online or offline where you'd recommend people start to frequent? I think there are probably too many places. And that's, that's I guess, is the challenge, or too few, depending on how you look at it. I mean, the thing is, um, of course, online, there are the typical networks like, you know, I found Jerry on Facebook, or well, he found me. Um, I'm actually talking to somebody on LinkedIn at the moment, where it seems that we have a shared values and, and may wish to do something together. Um, we have a call next week. Um, there is, of course, Google Plus and even Twitter. Again, I have a few conversations with various people on Twitter who are looking at my tweets and saying, oh, this is interesting. I do similar things. And I look at their tweets and think, oh, yeah, this is, this is interesting. What's coming through is also important to me. Um, then, of course, there are um, these um, incubator kind of offices or um, meeting places. I mean, Google, for example, offers them in London. Um, there will be others in other uh, cities where you can actually, you know, sit and, um, you know, work and also meet other fellow entrepreneurs and see if there is um, some common ground. 
Um, then I've actually met people uh, through various programs. So, I mean, it, it may be different in other countries, but here in the UK, a number of the universities are offering free lectures or free um, workshops for entrepreneurs and for people who are thinking about setting up a business where, again, you, you can meet fellow like-minded people. Then there are other um, opportunities like, for example, a number of the banks, um, which is, is quite interesting, are offering um, things like, I mean, one, one I um, know off the top of my head is BizCrowd, for example. I think that's um, might be Barclays. So they, they offer such sort of networking hubs where you can put in your details and you can just put an email out and say, I'm looking for X. Um, so, you know, and people you know, may may then respond. And again, I found somebody I was doing, you know, one thing through um, through sort of that network. Um, and I mean, one of the key things I find is putting your need out there and really being clear about what it is that you're looking for. So who's the type of person you need? Because I found even for suppliers, I was talking to a friend a few years ago and, and just sort of, it was, it's a coffee conversation. It was, it was, you know, private. It was nothing to do with business. The only thing I just said was, I, I need somebody to type up some of my interviews that I've done. And and I just said it, you know, it's just, why not? And she said, oh, I know somebody. And I found this amazing, amazing lady. And funnily enough, she lives just 20 minutes down the road from me. Had I not said that, I would have never gotten that piece of information. So, you know, one of the things I would also urge people to do is talk about what you're looking for and who you're looking for and the type of, of person you might need. Because, you know, most people are willing to help. Most people are absolutely happy to provide a referral if they know somebody. And, and even if they don't know anybody at that particular time, they may remember and they will sense, oh, hold on a second, a few weeks ago, I talked to this person and they need X, you know, you might want to connect with them. So it is really, really useful to have, you know, that at the forefront of your mind and just keep stating what you need. The, the one thing that I take from that, which is really, really valuable is the idea of everything that you said there is driven by intention. You intend to put yourself in the right place and you can't quite engineer the right time, but if you're in the right place enough and you intend to put your own needs and messaging out there. Serendipity, or what seems like serendipity, will kick in. But actually, you've put yourself in that position, haven't you? You've made yourself mm. available. And that's that's the one thing that I don't think any of us do enough of because we're all so head down doing what we do, aren't we? It's very difficult to sometimes get your head up out of the sand and say, I am going to go to this place where all these like-minded individuals hang out. And one thing that I really love about what you just said is right at the beginning of that last sentence, sorry, the last statement was, the Google section of it, you know, there are people like Google putting on these fantastic mm -hmm. hubs in some of these cities. And wow, you know, what an opportunity that five, 10 years ago, that just wasn't there, was it? it exactly. And I mean, I only found out about it last year and I thought, what an amazing thing. You know, you can, you can sit there, you can do your work so you don't have to lose any sort of time. And then, you know, whenever you've got to bit of space and other people have a bit of space in their diary you just connect and have a coffee and have a chat and find out what they're doing and it's so inspiring even if there's not, nothing in common or there seems to be nothing in common just talking to somebody else finding out what they're doing maybe what how they solve their problems that they're having um, in their business 
you know, it, it just sparks something off. You know, even if you don't get a business partner out of it, you will get some fantastic ideas out of it and potentially, you know, solutions to, pro- to problems that you didn't even know you had. I entirely agree with that. It's something that we all need to do a bit more of. And it's something that I think the listeners out there, you guys, of course, will appreciate. I mean, you listen to a podcast around gaining insights on overcoming a specific problem. You know, it's, it's about taking that action based on what is going on around you and actually putting yourself in that position to do something high quality, high impact about it. So I think that's really, really valuable. And we are in a world of co-founding. It seems that every startup these days has a co-founder and we are in a world of, I guess, overt collaboration, certainly in many industries where collaboration was frowned upon in the past. You know, you weren't really allowed to say you were working with people. You had to keep it all inside. That's becoming a lot more open these days. So if you are sat there in your business thinking, okay, look, I either need a quality supplier, but I'm talking, you know, a long-term partner, or I've got a startup and I need a business partner, or I've got a large project that I need someone that I can really trust to deliver and collaborate with. Bettina, I know you've spent some fantastic time putting together three actionable tips for the guys listening. So let's get under the skin of actionable tip number one, please. Yes. So the first tip would be um, know your values. So this is this is not necessarily what's on your website, um, those three or four words. It is really what's truly, truly important to you. And I would exactly ask myself that question, what is important to me? Um, and this, this is about the business. Your business is about how you work with people, um, how you, know, you like somebody to work with you how you like somebody to communicate with you. So all these areas where maybe previously you had a challenge, cover them. Ask yourself what's important to me. Um, and I would also say, um, you know, anything else that you can think of, areas, in business areas, marketing, sales, whatever it is, just, just write it out on, you know, if you don't like writing, you know, tape yourself, talk into your computer. Because the thing is, it is so important to do this exercise because a lot of the time we're not even clear what is truly important to us. Um, and then as part of this, um, this step, I would also go a little bit further, not to say what's important to me, but how do I know when I've got it? That would be the second question under actionable tip number one. The first question would be, what's truly important to me? And the second would be, how do I know when I've got it? So actually putting some measures in place. So when you know that you've got it, you can actually ask somebody questions about it. That's interesting. So you're actually making tangible your own ethics and values, which yes. you know we all talk about truth, and it, it's something actually really randomly that's coming up more and more and more. The more people I speak to, even you know across the globe, there's much more people now delivering advice around be true to yourself, and I love that. I think that's so important. That's at the end of the day. That's why we set up our businesses to do something that we actually value and believe in. So I think that's so so powerful, and. Let's get under the skin now, then, of actionable tip number two. Yeah, so this is about expectations. So action number tip, tip number two is really about being clear about what your expectations are. Um, and the thing is, a lot of the time I'm finding that we're expecting things that are kind of unsaid, even to ourselves. And when we're not getting them, we get disappointed. Or, you know, we, we kind of uh, let things go or just put the, you know, put everything down and say, okay, I'll, I'll stop playing now. I've had enough because I'm not 
getting what I expected. Well, same as with the values and tip number one, it's actually really useful to, you know, be absolutely 100% clear, what am I expecting here? Of that person I want as a business partner or of that supplier and it goes a little bit into what's important to me, but, but the key thing about expectation is what do I need? What are my absolute immediate needs here with, with this particular area? Um, and also the, the other thing that people often forget is we all have boundaries. There are, we all have things that are absolute no-nos for us. And it is very, very important to know those and and also to be able to communicate them to other people. So what are my no-no areas. So to sum up, it's really important to be clear about your expectations and within them what you really need um, and also what are the no-nos. So what are the boundaries? That's really useful. I mean, in, co- in collaboration with tip number one, you can see how you can start to form this this real picture, but it's a picture. It's not like the picture we talked about earlier, which is this predetermined idea of what we want. It's actually well thought out based on, as you say, what we want and what we need. And I can see where this is going in terms of forming that entire roadmap for people. No matter what you're doing, this does not date. It's evergreen stuff. You can use this throughout your life, can't you? I think that's fantastic. Mm. And actionable tip number three, please. So, yeah, so this this is all nice and well, having put all this stuff down and uh, becoming clear. But, of course, ultimately, you know, when we enter a business relationship or any kind of um, relationship in business, you know, we do need to form an agreement with the other party. And this is now about the contracting. So, it's really putting this down um, in into a, you know, into a formal arrangement with the other party, um, and that's that I find is also often missing is that there is, you know, you, you've actually had that conversation with the other party and not in terms of legalese, because, I mean, most of us, you know, we glance over and think, yeah, yeah, yeah fine and sign the contract. Um, but in terms of actual real words that mean something. So, you know, whatever the words were that you came up with under number one and two is really use those in your expectation is change or contracting and of course you will need a legal contract as well but i would say the more powerful contract is the ones that the one that really contains your actual real words that matter to you and the other party and then both of you are absolutely clear what each other need what each what you each what's important to each other and also how do each of you know when you've got it so it's having that written down and, and clear and also agreed. I think that is extremely, extremely important. And for me, the, the one word that I pull from that actually is, is just that respect. You know, yes, we can have the legalese. Yes, we can have all the formal contracts in place. But it's about overlaying that with the respect and the expectations on a personal level, which I think is vitally important. And, you know, we, we either focus on one or the other, don't we, sometimes? So I think mm. what you're saying there is so, so powerful. Bettina, that is such a valuable piece of insight. That episode is so important to people and, and guys listening out there, look, you know, we're all going to need collaborators. We can't do everything ourselves. And as we find our businesses growing, as we find ourselves hitting plateaus or diversifying, we do need to be mindful of how we go about finding these collaborators. So Bettina, thank you so much. That is so, so valuable. I know it will help the guys listening out there so much. And just before we wrap up, would you mind telling people where they can connect with you online, please? Of course. So there are various ways. So my main um, 
way would be to connect with me through my uh, website, which is um, arona.com. And that's www.arona is spelled A-R-O-N-A-G-H dot com. Or you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. It's very easy to find me. It's just put in Bettina Pickering, the same on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Google Plus and on Twitter, you would connect uh, with me through um, Arona Coach, which is A-R-O-N-A-G-H underscore coach. And of course, you know, as we mentioned before, I'm also a co-founder of Evolve Beyond Redundancy. So you can connect with me um, at uh, www.evolvebeyondredundancy.com. So various ways of connecting and I look forward to um, starting a conversation. Thank you so much, Bettina. That is amazing. And guys, please, please do connect with Bettina because I know we've talked about collaboration, but Bettina has so many other strings to her bow. So please do connect and uh, open a discussion over there. And of course, everything that Bettina has talked about, all of the actionable advice that Bettina has given and all of the links to everything that Bettina has just mentioned in terms of connecting online will be available at excellence-expected.com. And whilst you're over there, Don't forget that you can pick up your free copy of the essential 14-day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. Until next time, thanks for bearing with me with the cold. And don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.